Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is The Peters and Todd Trust God, Part 2. Last week's story left off with Mama Peters, Penelope, Pearson, Priscilla, and Patience, along with Todd Hicks, arriving at the train station where they plan to board a train into the Pinnacles to see a play and to buy some pork dumplings in Chinese Town. We'll pick it up there when we begin the story in a moment. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize! The name of last week's hymn was Day by Day from the story The Peters and Todd Trust God, Part 1. But we didn't have a winner, so we hope we have a winner this week. Now it's time to get to this week's story. The Peters and Todd Trust God, Part 2. Mama Peters, Pearson, Penelope, Patience, Priscilla, and Todd were on their way to the Pinnacles to watch a play and pick up some dumplings in Chinese Town. They had only to buy the train tickets at the train station before hopping on the next line to the downtown area. Mama Peters had Patience and Priscilla holding hands with Pearson and Penelope off to the side while she purchased the round-trip tickets. Okay, we're set, Mama Peters announced as she walked back to the children and led the way to the gates and onto the platform. She was slightly nervous because of the high-speed trains running through the station and having the little ones in tow. Having prayed a few times, though, she placed her trust in the Lord and maintained vigilance as they awaited their train. Dude, these trains have come a long way since the steam engine. Am I right? Todd observed as they all watched as one whizzed by. So you were around when the steam engine was invented, huh, Todd? Mama Peters asked, tongue-in-cheek. Mama P! We just finished studying that unit in our in our history lessons. I pretty much know everything about steam engines. The engine used steam power to perform mechanical work through the agency of heat, Todd stated authoritatively. Well, at least that's what I had to memorize for my quiz anyway. Well, you're exactly right, Todd. The steam engine is amazing, as are these trains. I think if everyone had a brain like me, there wouldn't be marvelous inventions. But the ingenuity of man is because of the greatness of God, and it is marvelous, Mama Peters responded. Amen, sister! Todd was enthusiastic in his response. Yo, is that our train? Todd yelled above the roar of the train as it came to a screeching halt. Yes, that's our train. We are on the 242 to the Pinnacles. Mama Peters guided the children off the platform and through the open doors of the train. The train passengers were a fascinating lot. There was a woman with jet black hair, with piercings in her nose, eyebrows, ears, and chin. She stared blankly out the window, and Penelope noted the guitar case she carried. She wondered what kind of music she played. There was the older woman with a walker and grocery bag, dressed in a muumuu and stockings. A well-dressed businessman carrying a briefcase was standing with his hand in one of the straps above him. There was also a man who was clearly crazy and walking back and forth on the car yelling strange things. Mama Peters did her best to distract Patience and Priscilla from watching the man. The train continued streaking down the tracks, a fairly straight shot to the pinnacles. It would be a 20-minute ride, and Penelope used every minute to people watch as she stared at all the passengers. Pearson and Todd, on the other hand, weren't interested in people watching. Instead, They occupied themselves playing a game of slapjack. Slapjack! Pearson yelled as he slammed his hand down on a pile of cards. Bro, you said that before I fully put it down. If I didn't know better, I'd say you cheated. 
Well, I'm glad you do know better, because, yeah, I don't need to cheat to beat, Pearson responded. Cheat to beat? Dude, you sound like yours truly. I like it. You don't gotta cheat to beat. I knew you'd like it, Todd, and it just came to me. Anyway, you get the point. I saw that jack fair and square, so pay up, bro, Pearson yelled in a good-natured way. It was then that Mama Peters reached down to Pearson's shoulder. Okay, boys, you've been far too loud. I think you need to play a quieter game. How about go fish? Aw, man, I was just getting ready to win and slap Jack. But okay, Mama Peters, we'll do that, Pearson answered. Yo, Mama P, whatever you say. This dude doesn't know what was about to hit him. I was about to pull a totally tubular maneuver and win. You saved Pierce from a bad beatdown, Mama P. Pearson laughed at Todd's typical antics. <laughs> and the boys switched their game. At the next stop, Mama Peters, along with her charges, exited the train. All six of them walked through the crowded station, up the escalator, and onto the busy street of the Pinnacles. There were so many smells and sights mingling on the streets, and passers-by all had looks of purpose. The Peters and Todd walked quickly down three blocks and turned right into the large theater. They found it easily, and upon entering, they walked to Will Call, where their tickets awaited. After picking up their tickets, Mama Peters led them to their seats in the balcony. They were in time to hear the orchestra warming up, and then go silent as the curtain was drawn. It was a captivating play, which they discussed in great detail at intermission. Todd spoke about how his mom had told him that his great-grandpa had been in an orphanage in the Bronx in New York, just like Anna, the protagonist in the play, and how hard it was to be in an orphanage in those days. Pearson and Penelope added to the conversation by observing that Miss Yo, who played the orphanage's director, was unfit for the job because she didn't even like kids. Thankfully, the second act had a happy ending. When the play ended, they all gathered their things and exited the theater and set out for Chinese town. After riding an open-air bus, they arrived at a Chinese market, where Peking duck hung in the windows, and which was bustling with customers. The shelves were lined with all kinds of Chinese delicacies. There was the produce area and the fish department, which featured all manner of seafood, including dead fish. Finally, they walked to the fresh food counter, where Mama Peters purchased two dozen pork dumplings. After leaving the Chinese market, the group took a walk through Chinese town, enjoying the sights and the many freebies they were offered along the way, like fortune cookies and samples of pork on sticks and even head massages. Todd lingered longer at that particular stand than they had intended because he enjoyed the metallic device with multiple prongs that was being pushed up and down on his scalp. Of course, being the ham he was, he rolled his eyes in exaggerated delight as Pearson and Penelope stood watching with amusement. They walked through Chinese town and at the end of the block turned a corner where the sights and smells were clearly distinct. They realized that they had entered Italian town. They sucked in the scent of yeasty dough smothered in marinara and cheese. Mama Peters decided to stop at a quaint shop to buy everyone a calzone. Mmm! Just... Oh, this this crust is super yummy, Penelope said through a mouthful of dough. How right you are, Penelope. It is so good, Mama Peters agreed. I wish we'd stopped here before, and the sausage was a great choice. After spending a good deal of time window shopping and browsing the little markets, Mama Peters called it an afternoon 
and their party of six headed back to the train station. It was rush hour, so the crowd had grown larger, and there was a crush of people trying to get through the turnstiles. Mama Peters realized that they had probably lingered too long in the pinnacles, and that they would need to hustle to make the train. Thankfully, though, new trains arrived every ten minutes or so. Even if they missed their intended train, they could wait for the next one. But Mama Peters wanted to catch the incoming one, which was a mere minute away. She hustled the children through the crowded station toward the platform. It seemed that rush hour brought every man and woman in the pinnacles to the platform as they all rushed to catch the train, which was now bearing upon them. With a twin on each hip, Mama Peters turned her head every now and then to make certain that Pierce and Penelope and Todd were close by and ready to board the train. Above the mayhem, Mama Peters shouted, Now pay attention, I want to catch that train. Pierce and Penelope and Todd responded and raced to stay with her. As the train pulled into the station, a horde of people made their way through the open doors, while arriving passengers fought the onslaught of departing passengers to exit onto the platform. Mama Peters and the twins stepped off the platform and into the car. But just as she did that, a phalanx of passengers moved behind Mama Peters, creating a separation between her and the older children. Pearson, Penelope, and Todd pushed their way through the crowd, trying to get to the entrance of the train. But at the very moment they reached the doors, they closed, and the train began to pull away. Pearson, Penelope, and Todd looked in awe and horror as the train pulled away from the station, leaving them in the crowd, separated from Mama Peters and the twins. With bulging eyes, Mama Peters stared back through the window at the children, yelling some indecipherable words and pointing in the direction of the back of the train. She looked desperate as she tried to signal what they needed to do. Oh no, Mama Peters, oh no, we need to stop the train, Penelope shouted. How? How could we stop the train? Pearson shouted back, upset and scared. Guys, stop. We can't stop the train. It's gone. So we need to think. Don't panic. We're, we'll, we'll be okay. Remember, we aren't alone. God is with us. Remember? An ever-present help in times of trouble? Even though Todd believed that in the moment, he did his very best not to let his emotions get to him. Pearson snapped to attention. Todd's right. Pearson did his best to steady his voice. The train is gone. Now we think, now we need to think about what we should do. We don't have a phone or any way of contacting anyone unless we ask someone to borrow their phone. Well, we could ask someone, Penelope responded, crying as she looked around in desperation. Nellie, we have got to think straight. Jesus is with us. We cannot panic. God is always with us. He promises to never leave us, so trust him. Let's pray right now. Pearson bowed his head and began to pray, Lord, we are scared, and we feel like we don't know what to do right now. We remember that you tell us not to be anxious for anything, and that when our anxieties multiply within us, your consolations delight our souls. Help us to, help us to have w- wisdom. Give us wisdom as you, as you say you will. Show us what we should do, please. Amen. The three looked at one another. Okay, if you look at the sign, it says the next train to Evergreen Heights is, is six minutes away. I, I think we should hop that train and meet Mama P on the other side. Todd pointed to the electronic flashing sign. But what if Mama Peters turns around 
and comes back to this station while we're on the way to that station? Penelope asked. She was still somewhat emotional, but doing her very best to trust God. Okay, Pearson, Penelope, listen. I don't know much about these trains, but I don't think Mama P is going to... She won't get there for another 15 minutes, and, and we'll be about 10 minutes behind. And then she would have to go right from her train to the other side of the platform and then get on the plane, I, I mean train, right away. And, and the, the train is probably going to be late. I don't think she's going to do that. I, I think we should just make our way back to Evergreen Heights and trust that the Lord is giving us his wisdom, just like we ask, Todd suggested firmly. The three agreed on the plan, and except for the crowd around them, the next six minutes was passed in silence, each lost in their own thoughts. When finally the train arrived, Penelope, Pearson, and Todd made their way as close to the front of the train as possible. They didn't bother to sit down. Rather, they stood, holding onto the upper straps. They wanted to be ready to bolt off the train as soon as they arrived at Evergreen Heights. They were nervous, wide-eyed, and clammy. Penelope began to quietly hum the tune, He Hideth My Soul. Todd and Pearson joined her, but when it came time for the chorus... They began to sing the words aloud. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. As they sang together, they joined the diverse crowd as a trio of interesting passengers. But no matter, they could not have cared less as they hoped and prayed and sang their way home. When the 20 minutes passed and the train pulled into the station, they had never been as happy to be back at Evergreen Heights as they were in that moment. They pushed their way to a window, hoping to catch a glimpse of Mama Peters waiting for them. Their spirits soared as the train came to a complete stop. The doors opened and they bolted through them. Once on the platform, their eyes searching for any sign of Mama Peters and the twins. Meanwhile, Mama Peters was silently praying and craning her neck to catch a glimpse of Pearson, Penelope, and Todd. Just when they thought their efforts had been futile, Todd spied Mama Peters and the twins. Mama P! Mama P! As she heard her name, Mama Peters turned toward the voice. Pearson and Penelope had also spotted Mama Peters with the twins. They all ran toward Mama Peters, flinging their collective arms around one another. Oh, Mama Peters, I am so glad you're here, Penelope shouted above the din of the station. Oh, Pearson, Penelope, Todd, praise the Lord, you knew exactly what to do. Tears were rolling down Mama Peters' face. Mama Peters, it was the Lord who directed our steps. Pearson didn't want to take any credit. It all belonged to the Lord. I know, Pearson, and he is so kind. Mama Peters couldn't help but be emotional. And there, on the platform, they stopped for a moment to gather their thoughts. When Mama Peters spontaneously began to pray, Gracious God, we can't thank you enough for your goodness, 
and specifically the goodness you've shown us in reuniting us after being separated today. You've given us a great day, and we thank you for the grace that has brought us together on this trained platform. We confess that so often we take your grace for granted, assuming that we'll make it to our destination without event. Now please, Lord, continue to show us mercy by giving us a safe trip back home. We love you, God. In your awesome name, amen. Despite the throng of people, they made sure to stay together. They found the car and loaded it up. Before getting in, Pearson turned to Penelope. Hey, Pen, would you like to sit in the front? Penelope chuckled. (laughs) Oh, Pierce, I'm so ashamed of the way we acted this morning. Not getting to sit in the front seat is such a small problem in comparison to what we... In comparison to being separated on the train. So no, I'd rather you sat in the front seat, Piers. No, Pen, really, you sit in the front, Pearson argued. Brother, I love you. Please, you sit in the front, Penelope pleaded. Dude, dudette, I've got a solution. How about I sit in the front seat? Todd questioned rhetorically. Without waiting for an answer, he hopped in the front seat buckled his seatbelt, closed the door, and laughed uproariously. <laughs> this is Grandmom's Corner. This week, my oldest daughter is here to tell about the time that she got lost while she was abroad. When she was recording, she had some trouble with her microphone, and her S sound sounds more like an SH sound. We apologize for that but she didn't have time to re-record the entire segment. The part she was able to re-record has been spliced in with the rest of it. Listen now, here now is my daughter. When I was 20 years old, I went to England with a group from college. I was there for 10 days and they had everything planned out for us from sunup to sundown. We saw Big Ben, the London Bridge, London Towers, and we saw Buckingham Palace and it was really fantastic. There were two days of the trip that were not planned. I already knew this ahead of time, and I planned to go to Paris, France. I decided to take the Channel Tunnel, which is a, a bullet train. Going to France, I did not have a map except a paper map. If I wanted to go to a payphone in France, I needed a calling card, and calling cards were sold at the post office. I went to France on a Sunday, and guess what day the post office wasn't open? Sunday. I decided that I was going to go check out a couple sites. I was going to go to the Eiffel Tower and Arc de Triomphe and a couple other famous places. I was going to do that. They have a subway system called the Metro. And I got off at the wrong stop. Didn't realize it, but I could tell you why. Because the map's all in French. I do not speak French. I could say a couple words, bonjour. I could say oui for yes. I could ask, do you know English? Parle anglais. So that's not very helpful on the subway. So it's kind of hard to read and follow. So I started asking people from France, French people, and started asking them if they knew English. And I kept saying parlez anglais, and then some of them would tell me they didn't know it. And then some people would just kind of walk past me. There was this one gentleman who was very kind, and he put me on the right path, and got, I got back on the train. I really wanted to go. The Eiffel Tower. So I'm trying to get there, and I get off the train, and I look around, and there's almost nobody around. And I'm like, this is weird. And then all of a sudden, I see these group of soldiers. They come marching by me, and I and they had their guns, and it made me very nervous. And I was I was kind of scared. And I thought, Oh no, I'm not in the right place again. I was all alone. 
It's easy to freeze up when we are scared or we feel alone. But we must remember that God's word says we are not alone. He is always with us. And he will give us the strength to get through whatever we have to get through if we just trust him. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Psalm 56.3-4 When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust. So I got back on the train and I was praying at different times that the Lord would lead me to the right place. Well, get this. I didn't get to go to the Eiffel Tower because I didn't know how to get there. But I did go to the Arc de Triomphe. And we make all these plans, and it's great, and the Lord gives us that freedom, but sometimes the Lord has different plans for us. During that time, He had a different plan for me. He had me get lost, and what a great time it was to do that, because I could depend on Him, and He would guide me. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.